George Pickens wants the ball, but what do the stats say? We're going to go into some in-depth analysis of looking at the numbers, the targets, and everything that goes into George Pickens' situation with Kenny Pickett in the Steelers' offense and what he can do if he wants to get more targets in, in the offense. Also, we talk about the defense with Miles Jack and lots more right here on the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter, joined today by Adam Bittner. It's going to be a fun show. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my guest and friend, Adam Bittner. We are both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're breaking things down for you on the Wednesday edition of the show. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. If you see this video on YouTube, like the video in, and, and subscribe to the YouTube channel here of all the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sports content. Got stuff coming out for you basically daily here. This show, though, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And today's episode is brought to you by the Accresher. Fan advantage. The Accuracy Fan Advantage has the power to project one of our post cadet Steelers beat writers or yours truly, because I'm on this week, uh, into your home or office. By using augmented reality, you can get exclusive pregame breakdowns from a Steeler expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Accuracy Fan Advantage. No after downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Accuracy Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Well, Adam. Uh, I'd say that uh, George Pickens had an edge in not getting enough action uh, this this past week, as it was he was visibly frustrated. Now I do like I do think that Mike Tomlin's right you know, when he used the term "I'd rather say uh, woe than sick him" about that situation with you know saying basically, "Hey, I don't got a problem with him demanding the ball because he wants to make plays for us." Uh, you know, could he do it better? Sure, but as a rookie, you'll take that problem. But I think it's interesting when we look into why isn't George Pickens getting as many targets and there's something that shows out on tape and kind of correlates with some of the advanced statistics we're seeing. Yeah. I said Sunday with Paul Zeiss um, on our post game show that, you know, I, I like the fire that he's playing with and, and, you know, it's, it's actually kind of refreshing, you know, given the state of things with this offense at times to, to, to see some emotion about that situation. Um, unfortunately, the, the situation for George Pickens is that, you know his stats like look kind of good on paper, um, but they're they're he's not getting open underneath very much, and I think that's that's the big issue. Is that yeah, it's great. I think his average depth of target is fourteen point nine yards, which is a lot. Um, he's made a lot of longer catches. I think a lot of people have correctly observed that he's getting open downfield, and and oftentimes Kenny Pickett's either not seeing him or you know for whatever reason the ball isn't going to him. And that's a fair critique of this offense, I believe. But he, he hasn't really been able to do more than that for this offense. And, and that's why Deontay Johnson is getting targets, right? Because he's a very precise underneath route runner. Um, he's there for Kenny Pickett on some of those easier throws. And, and it's natural to kind of look that direction, even though, you know, we've talked on this show, I think, last week about where Deontay Johnson's falling short as well. But um yeah, it, it just his statistical profile suggests he's just kind of a deep threat right now, and he's not bringing a whole lot else to the table for Kenny Pickett. And I think for him to be the receiver that people want him to be, he's going to have to figure out how to not make a 20-yard catch, how to make a five-yard catch that he can turn into an eight-yard catch, uh, make more of those plays 
if he's going to be more productive. You know, I agree with that. And but and that's part of you growing into the NFL, right? You know, I, I think Deontay Johnson, he was quick, but he needed to polish his game when he got to the Steelers to be a sharper route runner so that he could get open in shorter routes because he could get separation. And George Pickens, he can get separation. We've seen that. He has the speed. He has the, bur- the burst to get away from people and to create bigger passing windows. But he also, but doing it in shorter spaces when, when guys are trying to take away the overtop from you, that's not as easy to do in the NFL. It takes, it takes a little bit of, you know, craftiness. It takes some more work and polish into your game, learning how to set up other, you know, certain routes off of other routes, faking certain different directions and, you know, using the threat of his deep playability to set up a different route. And there's times I think it does work and and he might not see it. And there's other times that it doesn't work and he could be better at that. I certainly think that's part of the equation there. Um, you know, but but I also think this is part of the natural maturation. I don't think it's too bad of a problem or anything. The Steelers need a deep threat. They need a guy who can go down the field and Kenny Pickett can feel comfortable throwing it deep to. Um, and he's made a few of those plays. Uh, when targeted deep down the middle, he's been it's, it's only happened one time, but he got 27 yards out of it. Uh, and he he's he's got four of eight on the uh, when he outside the left. But deep passing, uh, you look at the you, I know you're big on PFF grades. 96.5 is his deep passing grade. But when you bring it down to short passes which, uh, before 10 yards, it's 81.3. So still not bad, but not, you know, not as uh, not as high a rate. Um, and again, when I'm looking at these numbers, he's he's been targeted 21 times on passes of 20 air yards or more, 16 times in the medium range of between 10 and 19, 24 times in the short in the, in the short position. And even though he's catching, it's, it's crazy. He's catching 47% of his passes on deep balls, but only 37% of his passes on those medium passes. Yeah. And I think he has 62 targets overall at an average depth of target of 14.9 yards. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's five targets a game with you running a lot of deep routes. That's a, that's a lot of targets at that range. Um, The the problem is I think people want to see George Pickens getting targeted 10 times a game. And I don't think that that's wrong per se, but I think it's hard to do that if you can't do more stuff underneath. And that's that's the that's the problem. It's not that he's not good at the things that he's good at. And and yeah, I mean, I'm not upset with him. I just think there's been a calcifying narrative on social media, particularly, where everyone just agrees that George Pickens is open and Kenny Pickett's not finding him, and that's you know part of this offense being a mess. I think that puts a little bit too much of the burden on Pickett. I think I agree. Pickens has a role in that. And, and it's, you know, he's got to refine his game a little bit. It's not that he doesn't have a good game. He's got to refine it. No, I agree with that. But also, I think it's also the reality. People got to remember, this isn't a passing offense. This is a possess the ball offense. This is an offense that wants to hold on to the ball, keep the defense t- rested and not tired. This is why they, this, this is why when you go back and you look at what they did in, in this last game, they ran the ball 37 times for 4.2 yards per carry. They were, again, they were controlling the ball. They went from being two months ago, they were the second worst team in time of possession. As it stands today, they're the seventh best. And part of that is that balanced look on offense where, yeah, they're, they're running the ball. 37 times and Kenny Pickett's throwing the ball 28 times. That's just, you know, that, that's, that's more of the balance that you want. So you're not putting too much on Kenny Pickett. And when you're throwing the ball 28 times, 
you, you know, you can't get 10 catches or 10 targets to George Pickens because you know what? 11 have to go to Deontay Johnson. Five have to go to Pat Farmer. And this is just off of the last game. Pat Farmer, you saw what he did with a 57-yard catch and run and some of the plays he, he had. And I think part of what Kenny Pickett's doing that is he's doing well is he's distributing the football around. You know, he threw a touchdown to Connor Hayward, a, a super late day three pick. That's, that was the third string tight end for the Steelers. That's that's part of, I think, what Kenny Pickett's doing right and helping avoid turnovers because teams are going to lock in on Deontay Johnson. And the more pick passes, the more big play passes that George Pickett pulls in, they're going to lock onto him as well. So he's going to need to find the guys that aren't being locked into. And I think guys have to be patient. Deontay Johnson expressed earlier, hey, we got to be patient with this guy. You know, we you know we got to be patient when he wasn't getting the targets. He was like, you know what? It is frustrating, but this is all part of the growing process. Kenny Kenny's learning. I think George Pickens, you know, he's a he's a he's a rookie, so he hasn't had that time. I think he's eager to prove himself. Um, so that's where it comes from. But like you, I'm, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I also don't think it's as ba- a bad thing on Kenny Pickett. I think it's just a this is a very young offense. They're figuring out their identity, and I think for you know a team that's coming, uh, how they've looked out coming out of the bye week, they've looked pretty good considering where they came from the start of this year. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to dismiss anyone's frustration with, you know, right. you want to be seeing more than 19 points in a game against oh, the Atlanta yeah, Falcons. Yeah. yeah, it's like we hear you, and 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 we agree, and and you know, I'm I'm coming up here with reasons why maybe I disagree with George Pickens in logic a little bit, but not emotionally, if that, if that makes sense. Emotionally, you get where all these guys are, um, where the fans are. I think it's it's just a matter of. Sometimes you got to break it down a little bit from this, this, the narratives that kind of just get dogpiled on social media. And it, one of them is definitely that George Pickens is open on every play, and this offense is such it a mess, pounding the yeah. table and all of that. It's just it's just a little more nuanced than that. Absolutely. we got to switch to the defensive side of the ball. We want to talk about the safety play because Minka Fitzpatrick made the game-winning interception, and he's been fantastic this year. But – He's also been having some good help at the safety position. We'll talk more about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, swim spa, and sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub and swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh or rejuvenate in a thin layer of sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than Frosty and Aruba. Save big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim, swim spas, and everything else at valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're breaking things down about your Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball because Mika Fitzpatrick is maybe the best – he's maybe the best safety in the league. And you know, I think it's, it's a pretty strong argument to say that he is. He's been a two-time first-team All-Pro. I think he's put himself into uh, you know the conversation to have his third first-team All-Pro uh, at the position. But – we, we've also seen the rise of DeMonte KZ. He came in for the Steelers after the bye week. He was, I, I said this during the offseason. I thought he was a really good free agent pickup because of what he can bring. He can tackle. He can move around the field. He can cover. And he would be in him with Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick would make for a great safety trio that, that could balance the Steelers uh, defense from stuffing the run to covering over the middle and covering slot options. And since he's been back, he's been just that. Uh, he's only been targeted once since he's been on the field. 
for the Steelers. And that's with him being on the field for 128 total snaps, 90 of those snaps coming in coverage. That means people aren't looking his way that often, Adam. And I think it's been a really good sign. You also, you also like the energy that he had. He started at free safety for the Steelers against the Saints when Minka Fitzpatrick was dealing with an appendectomy. Uh, what have you seen from him that's made him be so good for the Steelers? Well, I mean, it's that blanket you referenced. I, that was my big stat in the PFF grades this week is is 90 coverage snaps, one target. Now, he's not playing a ton if you look at right. his, his usage. Um, so, you know, we don't want to overstate it. But when you're when you're on the field and you're not getting targeted and you're, you know, playing where he is, I mean, that's a big deal. That, that means that you're pushing the, the targets away from your side of the field. You're limiting where the defense um, can do things. And that doesn't mean, like, we're not going to confuse him with, like, I don't know who's a great cover safety, Chris. That that you know that's out there every snap or or something like that. Mika Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, he's not Mika Fitzpatrick. He's not he's not making a ton of um, disruptive plays like Mika Fitzpatrick does. But you don't you know you, that's not what you need from from a depth safety. And as far as a depth safety who plays in specific situations, he's he's getting the job done. He's letting Mika Fitzpatrick be Mika Fitzpatrick, which I think is the key to this defense this year when it's working. Is you know, last year we saw Mika Fitzpatrick playing out of position a ton, right? And he was creeping up in run defense, and he, he was just a guy when doing that. He was mm-hmm. he was an ordinary, you know, player statistically because th- that's not what he's good at. But he was being forced to do that because Joe Schobert and Devin Bush couldn't do anything. This year, and we're going to get in the, into the linebackers a little bit, um, but the Steelers have been much better in run defense, and that's allowed Mika Fitzpatrick to kind of be himself again. And then, you know, the last four games, you've also had KZ back there, um, you know, that you can deploy in certain situations and, and free fit, Minka Fitzpatrick up to be a playmaker, you know, even more. I think we think back to those Troy Polamalu days of, um, you know, him jumping over the line, you know, right at the snap and, and doing all kind of crazy stuff. I don't know if we're going to see that for Minka Fitzpatrick, but he was able to do that because he had guys like Ryan Clark next to him. And, right. and, and we're getting to that point with Minka Fitzpatrick where he has – reliable guys around them that are going to allow him, allow him to go out there and make plays. And that's, that's really important for this defense. It is super important because you want to make sure there's good role play. You, you know, your whole defense can't be superstars, but to support your superstars, you need balanced role players. And that's what you're right. Ryan Clark was that for Troy Polamalu. Um, you know, you look at you and honestly, like you look at guys like TJ Watt, it, it, uh, it, TJ Watt couldn't do what he did when in, he was a defensive MVP last year. If Cam Hayward wasn't also being a presence, if Alex Highsmith wasn't on the other end causing problems, teams couldn't just focus on TJ Watt. And that was it. And that's usually the case for, you know, most great teams out there in the NFL. And I'm not saying the Steelers are a great team, but I'm saying for a player to be great, you need guys around you to help kind of elevate your situation. Otherwise, you'll make great plays here and there, but you won't be able to have as productive of a whole season. And, and I think that's where Demonte KZ comes in as far as being one of those guys who have fit in so well for the Steelers, for a free agent who they picked up. And there's been so many free agent safeties that the Steelers have brought in over the years, whether it's Mike Mitchell or I forget the guy's name who came from the Cowboys for like one year, he's number 27, and he like was there and he was he was gone. He didn't even finish the season. Uh, but there's been so many guys that they've tried to bring to bring in that just haven't worked out. But KZ looks like he clicks not just uh, not just you know statistically or schematically, but also personality wise. He, he's he's a spark plug for the team. I, you know when they came off the field against the Saints, he was 
He was amping everybody up. And, you know, in each of these games, he's been a, 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 a encouraging presence on the sideline. He's encouraging teammates when they're doing poorly or, or they're doing well. And I think all of that fits into, you know, needing more veteran guys to set a good tone for what the Steelers are trying to do right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's not unimportant. I think one of the things we've we've talked about is where are the leaders on this team, you know, outside of like Cam Hayward and and um, you know, and so you need guys like that to step up, and they're not always going to be like the biggest names on on your roster. Um, you know, sometimes you just need hype guys that are maybe they don't have the biggest role, but but they have a positive effect on their teammates, and so that's definitely a positive development too. You know, a guy who kind of gets it and and. Um, you know, can can speak to the younger players because I think that's you know part of part of the Steelers' issue too is that they're you know a young team and they're going to need guidance and and they need you know guys who've been in the league and so it's, it's nice for them to have a veteran presence that, that's positive. Um, I'm not going to say KZ necessarily after five games is like Mr. Steeler or anything no, in, no, in no. terms of organizationally, but um, you know sometimes if you have an innate sense of of um, you know the way things should go in a locker room, it can make a big difference and and you know, we've seen issues and in, in even with like names like Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Hayward on the roster, Chase Claypool with the music last year. Um, so it, it's good to have more positive influences in that. Certainly. And, and, and again, you know, positive influences that are also producing, you know, we talked about, you know, he, he got the big interception, I think it was in the Saints game to help them flip that game around for them. Uh, but he hasn't missed a tackle yet. And even though he's only have what, seven tackles on the season, I, I think it's important when the ball comes your way, you've got to be, bring it down. You can't let it go for too much longer. Um, you know, and on his play, he gave up on the one pet catch that he gave up was a nine yard catch. And there were three yards gained after the catch. So like, you know, even the one time he's been targeted, it wasn't that bad of a play. So um, I think that he's been helpful. But I also think that having him again, having him on the field who he's not afraid to come up and tackle along with Terrell Edmonds and allowing Minka Fitzpatrick to roam around a bit. Because also Minka's not just playing free safety anymore. He, he is he is still floating around from, for, you, know, you know, into the intermediate wings down the seams. But that's when he's at his best. And that's how, like that's how he got his interception against the Falcons. He was able to kind of play aggressive, you know, closer into the intermediate intermediate part of the field uh, while while other guys played back. And that allowed him to say, "Oh, this is where Mario is going. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna jump this pass and make the play to end the game." But again, it can't happen if you don't have a guy that you trust who can also play center field. Because like Terrell Edmonds, I think that Terrell Edmonds is a fine safety in the NFL. Does a lot of things really well, especially close to the line of scrimmage. But when you ask him to back up, back up 20, 30 yards downfield and make plays down there. That's when he's not as consistent unless he's running stride for stride with a tight end. Usually he's he's going to be looking at a place. He doesn't have the ball skills to make those plays deep downfield. DeMonte KZ, though, does. So now if I'm Terrell Austin with, with KZ on the field, I don't feel as vulnerable if I tell Terrell Edmonds to go play center field deep cover one safety as if I do tell DeMonte KZ so that I can have – Mika Fitzpatrick play the robber role over the middle where he just kind of has free reign to just attack the, the, the middle part of the field, or I could have him line up in the slot and, you know, fake a blitz and jump on, jump into this route and let him kind of, you know, just kind of improvise with what he sees all those things free up. And I think that's what I, you know, what you're pointing out and what PFF is even kind of recognizing with some of their grades that DeMonte KZ is helping the Steelers to do. Yeah. And I mean, his, his grades aren't like super phenomenal primarily because he's really not used much against the run. Um, so right. his run defense scores are really kind of middling because I mean, he's not getting a lot of opportunities to make plays in that role. Um, you know, I think we referenced, he only has seven tackles, but I think in, in the role that we're talking about, that's, that's a good thing, right? That, that's that fine. indicates that he's not tackling the catch very often because he's not being forced to, 
Um, so, so that's a good sign as well. And, and I think, like you said, it's, it's the combination of all three of those safeties that, um, you know, really, really makes it work because they all bring different things to the table. Um, and, and they give Terrell Austin the ability to be creative in, in schemes and, and, and what he's trying to get opposing offenses to do, right? Because that's what you want as a defense is to get the offense to do what you want to do so you can stop them. Um, and, and so he just has a lot more options with all three players, um, as opposed to just picking the two best out of those three and putting them out there. It, it, they all bring different things to the table. I think Terrell, or yeah, Terrell Edmonds is, is one of, you know, statistically one of the best players on this defense as well. So you don't want to take him off the field. So it's great that they're finding ways to use all three of them together a lot. Absolutely. But the Steelers need another group of players to kind of play play together better, and that's the linebackers. Granted, we've seen some improvements this year because it was really bad last year, but there's still places where they can improve. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bitter. But first, got to talk to you guys about Yinsen the Bird. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yinsen the Bird is the number one place for all Pittsburgh fans to go get their Pittsburgh sports apparel. Steelers, the Steelers season is well underway, and they're trying to make a late season push to see if they can sneak in as a wild card team in the playoffs. They did it last year. If you want to support them in their effort to do it again this year, go get go to Yinsen and the Bird. They got all the different TJ Watt, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, George Pickens, Mike Tomlin, whoever you want. They got gear on them there at Yinsen and the Bird because they have two legendary stores in the strip district that you can visit throughout the day. Or if you can't make it to the strip district, you're living afar from Pittsburgh. Well, guess what? You can go to yinzerspgh.com, a website that's constantly updating with new and new merchandise every single day. So go to yinzerspgh.com to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. And it's not just Steelers. It's Pirates. It's Penguins. It's Pitt. It's anything Pittsburgh sports right there at yinzerspgh.com. Again, it's yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. Adam, let's talk about Miles Jack and the Steelers linebackers. And I should say Devin Bush and the Steelers linebackers because he's been the better of the group uh, that, that, that's been that's been making it happen out there. And Devin Bush hasn't been elite. You know, he's, I still say he's not living up to the 10th overall pick that they traded up to get him with. But he's been an asset. He's been more physical in the run game. He's been checking offensive linemen. He's been playing his gap really well. The guy that hasn't been playing that well over the past, I'd say, month and a half or so, has been Miles Jack, the veteran they brought in from, uh, you know, who got cut from the Jaguars. Miles Jack started really well and then kind of faded throughout the year. He hasn't been as good in the run game the past month or so, and he's been a, a guy that offenses have looked to throw at. And I think it's been a problem that the Steelers have had to kind of try to mitigate this season. Yeah, it's I, the coverage has been really rough. Let me I have the stats here. Let me pull them up. Sure. I, I put that in my PFF grades this week. Um, he's allowed in the last four games, he's allowed 16 catches on 18 targets for 197 yards. And here is the real kicker, Chris. 119 of those yards have come after the catch. That's not good. That's not good. It'd be one thing if you're giving up those receptions and you're tackling the catch. It's another when the guy you're leaving open is running free um, you know, putting almost a whole game's worth of, of yardage for an opposing quarterback up, you know, just targeting one linebacker. That's horrific. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that'd be one thing if, if he was good in, in the run defense category, but he's been pretty bad there as well. Um, the, other, the other big stat I pointed out was in the first six games, he had 22 stops, which pro football focus defines as, um, you know, a bad outcome for the offense given the situation. So if it's like third and six and he right. makes a tackle for four yards, that's a bad outcome for the offense. He had 22 of those types of plays in the first six games. Since then, he's had three. 
So you combine the fact that he's not making those plays with the fact that he's, you know, been pretty bad in coverage and, and, you know, you're getting into some pretty bad territory there, um, you know, compared to Devin Bush, who I agree, Devin Bush hasn't been a superstar, but he's been better. Um, certainly better than a player, you know, any player they had at that position last year, which includes himself. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's been better, but Miles Jack is starting to kind of cancel that out a little bit. They need him to step up. No, I, I, I agree. They need him to step up. It, it likens itself to John Bostick uh, in 2018. The Steelers brought in John Bostick the year after uh, Ryan Chazier was paralyzed and his career was, was, was ended. Um, and then they couldn't get anybody in the NFL draft because all the good linebackers were taken before they could pick. So they went and signed John Bostick and they brought him in. And John Bostick in the first six to eight games of the season was fine. Stuffed the run, was a, was an asset to the defense. I remember when Pro Bowl voting was open for the first few weeks, he was the leading linebacker vote getter, which I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. But as the season went on, teams adjusted and realized, oh, wait, he can't cover in the pass game. Let's attack him this way. Let's spread him out. Let's force him to, to run wide out, 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 you know, out in space to go make tackles. And then that's when he was a little more exposed, and the Steelers were like, well, we tried. Thanks, John, for your efforts. I, I think Miles Jack is going through a similar challenge right now. I'll say he's better than what John Bostick was then um, because he is helping. I also think that there's something else that he's brought to the Steelers, and it's an intangible thing that you won't be able to necessarily – you know, compute with a statistic, but I think he's helped with the maturity of Devin Bush. I think that he's helped settle Devin Bush into his position. Uh, Devin Bush in, during training camp did mention how Miles was helping him and Miles, you know, I think did take him under his wing a bit and that's helped Devin Bush be about the details because Miles Jack problem isn't the details. I think that he's just being put in some spots where it's, he's just not fast enough to make those plays. Um, but uh, still, I think that he, he's still a player that you want on the Steelers roster right now. Um, and a player that I think that they they should they should still be looking to get more from, um, but certainly he's underperforming what your hopes were from for him this season. Yeah, and I think that's you know for me the frustration is that you, they just can't find two guys to be consistent there, and I think that's the the real key is no you don't need them to be superstars. I think we know who Devin Bush is. I mean he's probably not coming back next. Well, I mean we'll see. He's played well enough that you could see the Steelers extending him. I think at this point. Um, it depends what he's asking for. But anyway, the point is they've been looking for two guys to be consistent there for years. And, you know, it seems like there's always one guy who's kind of playing well and one guy who's not. Um, yeah. I, I would say this, the reverse was kind of true early in the season. The Miles Jack was putting up the yeah. better numbers and Devin Bush was still showing some of those signs of struggles, um, you know, from last season. And, and now the roles have kind of reversed a bit. Um so it's just been hard for them to get two guys on the same page. Well, you know, not even on the same page, but just consistently performing in the middle of that defense. Uh, I, I think if they could get Miles Jack playing that way by the end of the season, that would make life a lot tougher on opponents because um, they can't just pick on one of them. I, I agree. And that's the whole thing. And to me, that's been a big part of the best Steelers teams. You think back to uh, when Ryan Shazier and Vince Williams were playing. Vince Williams wasn't a phenomenal linebacker, but he was a solid one next to a phenomenal linebacker. And when those two guys were there, you couldn't just pick on the linebacker position, and it solidified the defense up the middle. Uh, you go back to the two thousand, the late, the mid to late two thousands defense. Uh, uh, Larry Foot. Uh, uh, Lawrence Timmons and James Ferrier, those guys were such an asset to each other, and you couldn't pick at that pick at that group. Um, you know, and then of course back to the seventies, you got Jack Lambert, and you got those guys with the Jack Hammond and the off ball guys there. 
it's always been a key to the best Steelers teams that they have really good linebackers. I do think this shows that they may probably need to still invest into the position, which kind of stinks as far as a development point. You were hoping that Miles Jack and Devin Bush could probably hold you down as a pair for another year or two. Um, and maybe you're looking at, well, you maybe assign Devin Bush if he'll come back for a reasonable contract and then draft a guy, even though you want to be drafting probably more offensive linemen and defensive linemen right now. Uh, but still, I think as far as how it's been for them lately, I mean, you know, they, they could use a better third option than Robert Spillane. I think that he's fine against the run. But as soon as as soon as I see, I mean, the Saints, I mean, I could see them even in that game. As soon as Robert Spillane was on the field, I, Andy Dalton would just look at Alvin Kamara and just like say, go to the slot. And that was what they were, where were they going to go after? The Steelers were able to mitigate that, but you can't every week. We saw that against the Bengals uh, when when they were playing. They were just like, hey, we're just going to go after who, whichever one of those guys is covering Samaji Perrine. And that's how they got three touchdowns out of a backup running back. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with, with Robert Splane is that he's, you know, he's no asset in coverage either. So you have right. two guys that can't really cover. And, and you're at that, that means you're asking a lot of Devin Bush as well. Uh, you know, because he's going to have to make plays that that sometimes, you know, he, he may not be equipped to. So they got, I think they got to find a guy who can cover like, and not like, you know, crazy. Like, again, it doesn't have to be elite, but just someone who cannot get picked on the way that, that Miles Jack has been in recent weeks. Cause again, those stats are, are crazy, especially the yards after the catch. That's to me, the biggest problem. It's one thing if you're giving up the catches. It's another let your guy like to be beaten so badly that the guy is racking up yards as he's running downfield. And it's not like it all happened on one play either. I mean, it's like 40 yards one game, 60 yards another game. Um, you know, it's a consistent theme that adds up to that big number. No, I agree. And, and like you said, I don't think they need an elite player. Like like Ryan Chase here, but like his last two and a half years with the Steelers, he was an, an elite player. The things that he was doing was ridiculous on tape. And there's guys out there, you know, I the Steelers don't need him to be need a guy to be Fred Warner, though that would be nice uh, for the Niners because what he does is just ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, if they could get a guy who could be consistent, and, and again, two guys who you know that if you assign them in coverage, they're not a liability and they can also help against the run. I think they'll be in such a better position. You know, it's funny. I think Terrell Edmonds, his brother Tremaine Edmonds, would be a very interesting fit for the team if he were to hit free agency like he's scheduled to do from the Buffalo Bills this year because uh, they're they're going to have some tough questions about who they want to pay mo- moving forward. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves the Steelers make uh, after the season if they want to beef up this linebacker room or stay with the status quo and invest elsewhere. Um, because I, I think the linebackers are fine, but they you're, but you are right. They could be better. And I think especially the two older guys, Robert Spillane and Miles Jack, they're the they're the guys that they could try to try to, you know, find younger, faster talent to help in those spaces. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting offseason because I, you know, I don't think it's like you know, obviously Ben Roethlisberger retires. You're looking at that as the glaring need. Uh, you know, Najee Harris was the glaring need at running back that year. Um, you know, I can talk myself into there being glaring needs a lot of places on this on this team. Um, and they're going to have money to spend, I think, is the point that we have to keep making, too, is, you know, because because of Kenny Pickett's contract, because you're not paying as much money to Ben Roethlisberger, this is going to be the real the first offseason where you can really kind of shape you know you're spending around having that much smaller cap hit at quarterback um and, and so the you know what are they going to be able to find in free agency versus what they're going to find in the draft it's going to be it's going to be a challenge and i'm kind of excited to cover it with you chris um to, to see the decisions they make but I, I think this linebacker conversation 
kind of just underscores that point. If you can really do anything with this team right now and, um, you know, get some important boosts. Certainly. We'll see what adjustments they do make after this. But before we do, they do any of that, they have to finish out this season. And that continues with playing the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday, 1 p.m. at Akershire Stadium. It will be going down. We'll have a Friday episode here in the North Shore Drive podcast with myself and Brian Batko breaking that down, getting ready for the game. Lamar Jackson might not be playing. Is that an automatic win for the Steelers? Not yet. But there are things that they can do to put themselves in a good position to be all of a sudden one game behind being in being at 500. Crazy thing, crazy thing to think about when you go back to when they were three and seven. Chris, I think they are favored. I think the last line I they saw are. was two and a half, which is wow. What what a world. I'm about to do our I'm gonna go do our PG betting guide. So check that out on Thursday. But uh yeah, they're favored. So noteworthy. Absolutely. Crazy stuff going on. Lots of sports news in Pittsburgh to, to, to check us out with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You've got the Pirates getting the first overall pick from Jason Mackey. He's gonna, they're going to be all over that in our baseball talk. Also, the Penguins trying to fight through. They had a big win against against Columbus, uh, the, Blue, the, the, the Blue Jackets. But also, Pitt has a lot of things going on right now. Basketball really has been has been really playing better. You got the, the men's soccer team in the College Cup Final Four. You also have women's volleyball. They're playing very well. I wrote a big piece about them on Wednesday morning. Go check that out in the Post-Gazette. They play Florida Thursday, and if they win that, they go to the Elite Eight, and most likely they'll face either Penn State or Wisconsin at that level. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But again, you can find this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's channels uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on YouTube. Like the video if you saw it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily daily episodes and content. We'll be back Friday with more on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.